Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You're listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast, the Christmas, the Merry Christmas edition. As always, I have my two guys. First off, Mr. Matt Welty. Happy holidays. It's been a fun past couple hours. Okay. And of course, my man, Brendan Dunn. He brought the energy. My other co-host didn't bring the energy, but we're going to try to get him back. Okay, we'll, we'll get <laughs> to it. The, what, you have a, listen, I'm, I'm letting the jingle bells ring. I'm sipping on some eggnog. I'm checking to see if Santa left anything special for me underneath exactly. that tree or, you know, however you celebrate. That's good. What's your favorite Christmas song? We got the Coquito flowing. Um, <laughs> the eggnog for me. Favorite Christmas song. That's a tough one, Wealthy. There's a joke in my family, my Uncle Dom, so they call it the Dominic the Donkey song. Did you ever hear that? The Italian Christmas Donkey. Oh, yeah. Not yep. sure what, not what sure if that? he likes that yep. one that much, but yeah, Dominic the Donkey. I actually have multiple family members named Dom, and no, I'm not going to sing it, but Why yeah, not? the Italian it's Christmas the Donkey. It's the holiday season, Joe. It's not my thing. You were talking about me not bringing the energy, I, and you can't even bring us some Yuletide spirit for this Dom the Donkey song? We were hitting that little Uzi Vert, Pop Hunter. <laughs> Already. And Matthew J. Welty tried to get us to cut it off. Yeah. I think he's a little stressed. What are you I a just little stressed? Christmas big week. It's no, Christmas I just, week. You are a Grinch. No, I'm great. No, I just don't want to hear uh, music blasting from someone else's speakers through Zoom when <laughs> oh, I'm actually okay. are you to great set though? things up. It's probably are you great? Because distant. I feel like today's already Thanks. been a trial for you, like you said. Tell us what you've been what going happened? through. What happened now? Today's been great. I went to, uh, so I got my root canal done, but I had to get the mm-hmm. crown you dropped on my this tooth. King. So I wanted to get the, go get the, I went to go get, yes. I went to get the temporary crown, crown put King. on oh, my sorry. tooth. Yeah, which I thought was only going to take like 40 minutes. Ended up taking like an hour and 45 minutes. So I was like stressed to come here. But the little caveat was is I was going to get it done. And the dentist slipped while she was <gasps> drilling out my tooth to put the crown in. And slipped in the Yeesh, drill. What? Like, hit my tongue. All right, Randy Houston. Get him on the... Like, get she gave you a buck the... 50 real quick? <laughs> I started bleeding like underneath my tongue. I started bleeding real quick. So I was actually stressed that one i was going to run over time and two i'm okay but i was afraid that i wasn't going to be able to actually do wow. the podcast because i didn't think i was going to be able to talk and that was like an hour ago been up since 5 a.m trying to get a covid test not because i feel sick or anything but my parents just want me to get one how is that going it's i waited in line saturday it wasn't moving there wasn't that many people in line i went to the front of the line i was like how is it moving uh one person in 45 minutes so i i hopped off but i'm trying to get one well do you, you have any luck or no I couldn't do it. I got there. I woke up at 5 a.m. I got to the line at 6 o'clock in the morning. The clinic or the city MD or whatever opened up at 8. So I waited for two hours this morning to oh. put my name in the, in the hat. And then they were like, we'll call you when okay. your time comes. 
and my time came when oh, I was at the dentist's office. And I, <sighs> and I was like, hey, can you guys put me in for a slot? I already have it reserved. Can you put me in a slot for like yeah. 4 o'clock today after we shoot the podcast? And they were like, nope, sorry, can't do it. You have to come again tomorrow morning and wait all You guys got to do the government thing. I've been getting on the government website and, you know, you can get that? an actual scheduled time. I'll send you the link. It's okay. I should do a whole PSA right now and give everybody the link. But it's like nyc.gov and there's places all over the city and they, they refresh them every night at midnight, I think. So you... Got to treat it like a sneakers drop and get on there and get your slot. So I'm going after we record this. It did feel like I was camping out for sneakers, though, lining up. Yeah, restoring that feeling. <laughs> yeah, restoring the feeling. <laughs> Which was crazy, but there's like a van near my apartment. It's like a mobile testing mm-hmm. place. But part of me doesn't trust it because I've heard I've heard stories about people. Tinfoil I've heard right stories now? about people getting... No, I've heard just heard stories about people who get like uh, like false positives or false Yikes. negatives, etc. And the last thing I want is a contaminated yeah. test sample. So when you don't have corona, you get a positive test back. Yeah, you know, freak the whole family out. Yeah. Nobody. So wants if you that. don't get one, what are you going to do? Yeah. Mask up in the house? Full hazmat uh, suit? No, I mean I'm probably not going to go to Christmas if I can't get one. My parents wouldn't want me around, which is. Shitty. Uh, we crossing our fingers you know? for you, buddy. I hope it doesn't pan out like. Yeah, that. it's been a, it's been, it's been a stressful past uh, day. Uh, let's <laughs> shift gears. You know where we're going to, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? Restoring what? That feeling. Oh God. Yeah. Restoring, we're talking about that restoring feeling. the feeling. You know, in the Soul Collector sneakers slack. You know, a lot of people know that I'm not good at staying still. I used to fall asleep at the movies when I was young because as soon as I stayed still for like 40 minutes, I would just fall asleep because I was always so hyperactive. I stayed in place for almost three and a half hours Saturday night. Locked in. Locked in to this Pharrell Drink Champs interview, which re-inspired. We talked about Nick Diamond re-inspiring us two weeks ago. Another form of re-inspiration, this Pharrell Drink Champs interview. I texted Nori today. Great job on the interview. Man, what an interview! So many what quotables. An to that thing just took me back to being a kid in high school, where wanting BBC gear so bad. I remember back then, you know, 2006, 2007, driving to Spokane, Washington, to check out this resale store they had. It was the first of its kind in the area, and the guy there telling us about Flight Club, which we had no idea about that at the time. He had all these Air Force Ones on the wall for hundreds of dollars, something we'd never really seen. And I remember there was this BBC, or maybe it was Ice Cream. I think it was like season four waffle print hoodie with yes. you could reverse it, and it had the chocolate bars on the inside but the waffle with the butter melting on it and we wanted that thing so bad yes. but you couldn't imagine it was 300 400 for the hoodie at this resale spot i think that guy sold me some fake sb dunks but that's a story we'll tell in another episode but i think it's a story you already told gotcha what a trip down memory lane and pharrell was so candid nori was pulling him in the directions of the jewelry and the watches and nego and pharrell Man, vividly described those times, how he, he met Nigo. He saw all the bathing ape in different colorways, the sneakers oh the first God. time. How he saw Slick Rick at the BET Awards with the chains, and then he called Jacob and was like, I need three different chains. Man, Welty, what did you think of the interview for three and a half hours? Okay, well, okay. I'm sure you watched, what, did you watch, you were watching Jay Prince and Joe Rogan, or what? To be honest, I watched a bunch of Christmas movies. Oh, look at you. Maybe he isn't the Grinch. Yeah, restoring the actual <laughs> holiday feeling. But, you know, I guess it was it was good to see the old Pharrell. Oh, my God. Dude, him talking about babes, I remember 
I, I still want to go back and get a pair of babes from that era. Something obnoxious, something shiny, maybe the polka dot pair, because I, I, I know those I were know. the things I aspired to at the time, but were so extremely unattainable. You wear the mask for three hours. It hurts. You know, I, I did. I wore the mask 11 hours to North Carolina when we shot yeah. the vice president. Eleven. Eleven hours, and you're yeah, you're, you keep fumbling with the mask. But he was fumbling with the mask for three hours. But then there was an extended fumbling with the mask, and I'm like, what's going on here? And the next time he took the mask off, the dude would put gold grills tops and bottoms for the last like forty <laughs> minutes of uh-huh. the interview. What a Pharrell move! Yeah, the Richie one point five on the wrist. Man, I woke up today and, and I started to replay it, but I think. I'm going to run it back, especially because I'm probably going to be bored over uh, this Christmas vacation, but definitely running it back. Nori did a great job. You just wanted to buy product. Anything that he was selling. Welty, were you into bait back then? Did those things inspire you in the same way? I wanted them, but I never ended up getting any of it because, like you said, it was super Mm -hmm. unattainable at the point, and it was just so many fakes around that... I. It was one of those brands that, like, if I couldn't go to a store and buy it, mm-hmm. I didn't bother getting it. Because I remember during the era, like, obviously I wanted Bapes. I remember, like, the Marvel Comics pack. Yes. You know, yep. it's funny because yep. I'm not into any of those superhero sort of sneakers. Action figure packaging. Yeah. But I thought that was super dope. And I always wanted the Silver Surfer mm-hmm. uh, Bapestas. That was, like, the purple and pink and blue pair. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those were awesome. But then I remember... That whole era, like, there was all these guides on the internet on how to buy a real Bape all-over print hoodie. Mm-hmm. And you had to, like, it, it almost looked like a, like a constellation <laughs> yeah. of all, like, the like yes. people people circling. You like, were looking at different bitmap images with red circles on them trying to examine the stitching on a 400 by 300 image. No, I couldn't, I couldn't figure any of it out. So I just, you know, I never ended up buying it. The funny part is the only Bape things that i think i had is i ended up getting the the undefeated superstar collaboration because yeah. i ended up interviewing yeah. james bond from undefeated about those and then i got like the bape insta pumps i do remember wanting the i guess a shirt that caused quite a bit of controversy yeah. on the internet i remember pharrell wanting can't the skate pharrell can't skate playing gravy t-shirt that's your entire alley yes exactly i remember wanting that brennan the funny part is is I think I made almost made a bait purchase recently when I was with you in Malaysia. Remember there was that big bait uh, sunglasses? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Table yeah. that was in the middle of the sneaker lot thing, and I was. I remember. I was. I think I was trying to tell you to do it, right? Yeah, and I was like, "Why am I? Am I really going to spend three hundred dollars on a pair of bape sunglasses <laughs> that you're going to be able to wear one time?" I feel like I, if I show up in bape sunglasses, yeah. everyone's just going to like look at wrong. me like. Yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Done. Let me know if I get any credit. When we were in Japan for the Cuddy Nigo cover, I got the human-made sunglasses. Yeah, well, I'd see, that's what I'm trying to get on now, human-made. You, you know? You know? <laughs> human-made is the wave. I'll go out and say that I want to get human-made. I just want you to find the right thing to purchase. Oh, my God, man. We had the curry up Nigo spot. Yes. Curry up was closed last time I went to Tokyo, so I want to buy the shirt when I'm actually able to go to the shop, not online I, I didn't know you could just buy that anywhere yeah. but, oh man so much bbc what, stuff back in the day i remember going to Soulbox in 2007 and they had this yeah. hawaiian print bbc shirt with flamingos on it and it was like 300 euros at the time which was a significant chunk of my net worth back then 
but I, I couldn't do it. But do you ever go into one of those stores where everything is so expensive, but you want to leave with something so you, you still just yes. buy something that you don't care about? I bought a pair of yes. pigeon SB Dunk socks and a, a Metacom bear <laughs> this big <laughs> from Soulbox back then. Totally. That's like the whole like philosophy that like why Supreme sells the most hats, mm. you know, because mm. it's you like just it's, want something. Or, something or why or why like uh designer brands sell like belts right more than they do shoes because it's like the one accessible piece that like everyone can buy what did you guys think though you know because bape was kind of this like underground mm-hmm. cool thing and i guess this is a sort of uh, topic that's up for debate okay. on whether it was important or not when soldier boy came out with the bape because some people look at it now and they say that like hey i remember that as part of my probably people who are younger than us who mm-hmm. are like oh, i remember that that was cool i got me some bathing then, apes right yeah, but then streetwear kids at the time may have been like, oh, we know he's got fake bapes on. He's, like, killing this, like, underground thing. You know what? It, I have to be totally honest with you. The whole Soldier Boy blow-up in 2007, I wasn't in the U.S. at the time, so it didn't really hit me like that. And I was into bait before that. I never owned any, but it never his attention toward the shoe never changed my feelings about it. Mm, me either, at all. Definitely didn't change my feelings, and... I got back into Bape Heavy when the Cuddy era of Bape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuddy wore a lot of Versus stuff, the Versus line mm-hmm. of Bape, which is like. And he a worked different... at the store, of course. He worked at the store, yeah. And that camo print, though, having that first camo print, I have the. And the Tiger Sharks, I had so many Tiger Shark hoodies, but man, they were expensive. Welty, to your point, I would go into Bape and like just try to get a t shirt or just try to get something. Just get something. Just get something. But putting a pin in the Pharrell interview, if you guys haven't checked that out, go watch that. Can't co-sign it enough. Mm -hmm. The three and a half hours flew. Such great stories and Pharrell being super, super candid. It was just like just a great piece of content. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to, yeah, blow that stimulus check on a pair of Bay the Nape sneakers. I remember, so when the Doom Dunks dropped, mm-hmm. I remember I lined up for them, and there was this kid, it was at midnight in New Hampshire, and there's this kid standing in front of me, and this is back when, like, you saw someone in a limited pair of shoes, and you, like, want to kind of talk to them. Yeah, strike up a conversation, you were part of a secret club. Yeah, you didn't really know anyone else who was into shoes at the time, this is 2007. And the kid standing in front of me was wearing the Pharrell Roadsters, which he was wearing in the... Always wanted those. In the that girl video, when he when he's on the beach with like the camo jacket, okay. um, and our friend Jimmy Garecki was in the video, mm-hmm. and he was wearing those, and I was like, dude, those shoes are crazy. Where the fuck did you get those? You know. And then I was working at Foot Locker at the time, and the kid, I was like, hey, I work at Foot Locker, and we ended up hiring the kid at the store just because I talked to him about his babe shoes, and ended up being friends with him for like a handful of years. Did he like, tell you where he got them? He just bought them off of like Nike Talk or something like that at the time, but it was risky, man. Do you guys remember the website Cliff's Edge? It was a Japanese website back in the yes. day that had a lot of that yes. bait stuff on it. Yes, that was the place where I would just scroll there for so long. I never trusted it. Ugh. All right, well, Christmas week, we do have a guest, so uh, let's get to him right now. Our guest on today's podcast has been in the sneaker industry for over 13 years. In 2007, he bought a then three-year-old store called Burn Rubber that was not yet established as a household name it is today. Upon buying the shop with his partner, the two went on to turn the boutique into a must-stop for sneakerhead and streetwear enthusiasts when visiting Detroit. The city had never seen a store quite like Burn Rubber, but it was the community aspect of the shop our guest would help build over the next decade that made the destination known for more than just what was on its shelves. 
Under the Burn Rubber umbrella, he created collaborations with New Balance, Reebok, Fila, and more. In 2010, he would go on to co-own and serve as creative director of The Distinct Life, an agency that specializes in everything from design, photography, branding, and strategy for brands ranging from Comedy Central to Jansport. He also was a major factor in the groundbreaking Ninja X Adidas partnership that helped converge gaming and sneaker culture. His latest project was in August when Distinct Life linked up with Puma for a one-tone yellow twist on the classic California model. We're certain this man has a ton of stories to tell, so we're excited to have our friend Rick Williams on the Complex Sneakers podcast. Welcome, Rick. Thank you, guys. Joe, that was nice. I appreciate <laughs> that. It's all true. It's you all true, my man. It's so easy. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. No, no, we're having fun. How you doing? I'm good. I'm definitely blessed in this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'm blessed to still be working and, and trying to figure it out. So, Rick, we just read through your long resume, so many important bullet points, but we want to take it further back. How long have sneakers been a part of your life? Can you take us back to that pair of infrared Jordan 6s that your mom got you? You already know. Man, that, that 6, like, honestly, I think I was always into style. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I grew up. You know, hip hop has been like, I've been talking a lot this year with my wife about like just going back to a lot of the things that I originated with, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And and I have had a lot of Wu-Tang conversations because that kind of like, you know, you know how the RZA said that Abbott was like, Wu-Tang is for the children and I was Mm -hmm. the children. (laughs) So at, at the end of the day, like you see the colors, you see there's, there's a lot of influence from what I listened to coming up. And I just look back at a lot of that, even how I design footwear and tell stories, it comes from those defining moments, like you just said. The Distinct Life lace packs that my wife and I are gonna release are all gonna have that that Distinct Life 124C yellow lace toggle and then the laces. But it's, mm. it all and it's goes, yellow because Wu-Tang is for the children? I mean, you could say that. It's really yellow <laughs> just because. There's That's there's it. really a, a deeper reason for the yellow, but let's go with that one. Wu Tang <laughs> is for the children. Yes. So what was that feeling like when you wanted that pair of Jordans from your mother? I mean, honestly, it just I was grateful, you know, because my mom, to be one hundred percent honest, there was a time where she bought me some shoes where I I think they were like, I feel like they were like some Brooks basketball shoes or something like that. But okay. when I was young. That wasn't it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, my mom was like, here's the new basketball shoes for school. And I'm like, Ma, I don't, I can't really do these. So I just <laughs> would bring them up to school and hide them. And then I would just, whatever I had, my school shoes, I would wear those in gym. But I think when she got me those shoes, they were on sale. Okay. George, the infrared six was on sale and she bought it. I forgot the name of the store in Milwaukee because you know I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I, but if I if I went back, I could take you to the spot. I just don't remember the name. Mm. I don't even think it's around anymore. It was like a green and white logo. But I went in there; they were on sale. She bought them for me, and then ever since, it's like the clean toe of the Jordan Six. Mm. Like that's mm. my favorite. It's my favorite Jordan ever, for sure. And that's, you know, so that's why I always, like, I don't even really wear Jordans or Nikes that often. But that Jordan, when that, that's the one that comes out, and when they come out with it, I get it every time just because I have to. 
And you mentioned growing up in Wisconsin. I got to ask because I've heard some stories from people from out there. I know East Bay is headquartered in Wisconsin. Did you ever get to go to the mythical like friends and family warehouse sales and things like that where people were returning shoes and you could buy them for super cheap? First of all, I didn't even know they were headquartered there. I moved from Milwaukee when I was like 13. Like okay. I, I basically moved to Michigan when I was in high school, like uh, basically being a freshman in high school. I went through high school here and I was in Flint a lot of that time. And so with my like older cousins. So a lot of my inspiration and growing up happened in Michigan. But I really got into like hunting the sneakers in Michigan. You know what I mean? Like I was already in high school when I started really going, like coming into my own, I guess, style wise. And what were you hunting back then? I wasn't really, I don't think I was really hunting. I was more about classics, which kind of is what I'm on now. Like, if you look at my my catalog, like, if I do a new shoe, it's because I'm just trying to help the brand. I'm okay. really interested in what, like, there's a project I want to do with Adidas, but mm-hmm. it's like, it harkens back to a very defining moment in my life. And these are the shoes that I was wearing, like, all the time at that time. So I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you guys about it after this. But that's it's it's all about the classics for me. You know what I mean? Like when I get a chance to do uh, like the first New Balance to me, the reason I did the 580 is because just coming up, I was just like I always wore five seven fours. Who didn't? Mm-hmm. And then, and and here growing up, it was like I didn't come up with a lot of money, so. The 574 was 292 for 50. And wow. I just got loose with those colors. Like Mr. Allen's made that the thing. It was like the bargain brand. 25 292 for 50. What is Mr. Allen's? It's like it used to be a Detroit a Detroit based like big independent. Like kind of like a DTLR or Okay. A, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like that. They they were they were acquired by Snipes now but that's what they were and snipes is buying everybody (laughs) yeah yeah hey i don't even know what to say about that but either way that's what happened with them two for 50 new balance 574s i remember at finish line they were they went up to i think two for 90 yes so they doubled when i was working there right and then remember when they when they dropped the 580s remember do you remember Foot Locker dropping them first the purple and black joint it was like a black and gray and there was another one Oh, see, guys, listen, yeah. let me get, this is the first story. So I'm going to let's go into like that, like the yeah, first get in your balance. bag. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> so the first because I like guys, you can ask Matt. I was inspired to even do this because I saw my brother Frank on the last. One. Wealthy's well, pulling out the 580s. <laughs> I have them right here. No, 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 no. I have. Hold on. I have the shoes right here. The exact ones you're talking about. These ones, the black and purple 580. Yes. Uh, so those didn't do well. Okay, go no, ahead. No, I, I bought these when they came out. They went on clearance. Yeah, exactly. Damn. So, look, now I come. So, look, me and Lou Navarro, he was with, you know Lou? You guys know Lou? No. No. So, there's this guy. His name is Louis Navarro. He's the guy who gave me my first shot in sneakers. Him and Steve Gardner at New Balance. They, Lou, I would go back when we were first getting into this. I would go to, like, Magic. And then I would go to Agenda. Shout out to Aaron. <laughs> you got a shout out agenda, dog. So mm-hmm. many real things happen there. So 
then when we first started, it was like I would go write the orders, and I'm still learning how to buy and everything. Like I bought Burn Rubber in 2007, mm-hmm. I, and then I got my first collab in 2010. And now Lou called me, and I, I would go to the trade show, and after we would go with like some friends from here. After we were done buying, I would just pull up back up on the New Balance um, booth. And then I would sit in there and just talk about product because I was very passionate about New Balance at the beginning because of Tribe Called Quest, because of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I sport New Balance sneakers to avoid a narrow path, and I've been on that my whole life. So mm-hmm. that was like a thing for me. I did a T-shirt that was like, remember when they came out the, with the highlighter pack to digress? Yeah. They came with yeah. that highlighter pack, and I, at Burn Rubber, I designed a shirt that had Fife's quote on it in the different highlighter colors. But I digress. So I used to go in there and build with them about just like, yo, you guys need to do this and tell these stories and this and that. And then we were just chopping it up. And then one day out of nowhere, I was literally um, teaching a class. And it's like, because at the beginning of Burn Rubber, obviously we weren't making any money. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was teaching and then I was working at the, uh, at the, at the shop and I got a call from Lou and he was like, yo, Rick, we're going to give you a um, SMU. I'm like, a what? And he was like, we're going to give you your own shoe, a SMU, a special makeup. First time Mm -hmm. I ever heard the term. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I'm like, what? This is crazy. And I didn't even believe him at first. And then boom, next thing you know, we're flown out to Boston. And Frank picks us up from the airport. Nice. Because at this time, back in the day, like when I first, I met Frank at Agenda. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Him, I met yeah. him and Dion when we walked into like some yeah. store. We would go to these trade shows and then just pull up to the stores and just shop. Because like that's why we were good at what we do because we were our own customers. Like we for mm-hmm. sure got high on our own supply. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I meet these dudes and I see Frank. I'm like, Dang, this dude, like, it was like an instant, like, real recognized real. Like, after mm-hmm. that day, it almost felt like we were best friends since that day. Mm. So then we would just, we just got to the point where I remember we would, I would design something and just text it to him. Or, or we would just start emailing each other stuff back and forth. Like, the Kennedy, I'm going to get to yeah. that in a second. I'll give it. Let me go. Now, we're, we're all fast forward place. again. Frank <laughs> picks us up, right? Frank yeah. picks us up from the um, airport, me and Roe. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the the meeting. Lou's there, Steve's there, and then like some of the like the internal designers or whatever. Yo, this is the first time I ever made a CAD, and I made mm-hmm. it on the computer myself because I was so excited. I t- I talked to Lou. I was like, Yo, I got to do the five eighty. Can you send me the CADs for the five eighty MT five eighty, please? Mm-hmm. The one that Mita does all the time. Yeah, and then he was like, and then he was like, the one I was like, the one that Mita does, the one that the the undefeated in Japan does, Stussy, Mad Hectic, those, yes, that's the one. I had all of them, and the patent leather pack, the suede ones, and the patent leather. Yeah, where were you getting all that stuff though? Because they didn't have stuff like that in Detroit, right? Ah, ah, because I'm a real one. That's why I I have friends everywhere. Same like now. That's why we're talking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I definitely. I just was way ahead of the curve, so I was getting that even before I owned Burn Rubber. Were you were you going out to Japan? Were you emailing with people overseas? I was buying things on eBay. I was I had friends that went to Japan for work. 
and they would pick up things for me. You know, friends that were like in in engineering and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I would send them to, to find things for me. So that's why I fell in love with that shoe. It's really because of that that Mad Hectic pack. The the Stussy Classics. undefeated. Like and I was like, yo, nothing's better than this. And then there was do you remember the spy versus spy one? There was the a black, black one, one and the white one. And the white one. I had yep. those. Though some of these were are gone now because my house flooded. But oh. I definitely have very fond memories of the five A. So we get to the thing, right? We're in the meeting and boom. Lou throws the 999 on the table. Did you guys just hear how excited I was for the 580? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? What is that? That's cool, guys. But this is what I'm here for. <laughs> and then, so they're trying to gas me. And then Ro was like, yo, Rick, if you feel like it's a dope, we're like, this is a dope shoe. I like the shoe. But this is my first shoe ever. Mm-hmm. And that's not, I didn't, I designed this weeks ago. I'm not thinking about this 999. It's cool. They wanted you to design a New Balance 999. You said, I'm not going to settle for that. Yeah. They didn't, and I didn't settle because the 999, I was just like, yo, this is what I really am passionate about this. And this is where I found out that your passion has to leave. You have to leave with your passion or else you're never going to sell the product. So what I did was I didn't bend on that. And then, and Ro supported me. Ro was like, Rick, if that's the one you think it should be, then let's go with it. And then I was like, yo, Frank, you should do it something with it. And Frank was like, I might rock with something. So then Frank started working on it. I have the emails now and I have the Kennedy CADs in my email because we nice. would go back and forth with them. You know what I'm saying? Just talking mm-hmm. about the story. Just talking. Like I developed my storytelling with my brother Frank. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I move. And it came from a real relationship that came from this industry. So in that moment, the, the 999 Kennedy is born, which was supposed yes. to be a meeting about yeah. you making your own 999. You said, no, I'm doing the 580. Yeah, I said, no, I'm not doing the 999. Maybe later if this goes well. You know what I'm saying? So, But yeah. I'm, I couldn't be happier. Like that Frank, when Frank and Concepts did with that shoe, changed everything. Incredible. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the most iconic shoes ever. It's one of the most iconic stories ever. Definitely. So you go from these meetings and then talk about when you bought Burn Rubber because it existed okay. for three years before you and Roe bought yes. it, essentially. Yeah. What was it like then, like the first three years, and then how did it change drastically when you guys bought it? So, okay, Burn Rubber was started in 2004, mm-hmm. and it was okay. started by my mentor, Kenny Carroll, and his wife, Rachel Carroll. It was like she was a real runner, like ran marathons and everything. Like so, when you came in there, the carpet was red. They had like wooden slat wall, right? And but they had like the undefeated no liners. They had okay. the dunks. Do you remember? Yeah, do you remember the yes. Foot Patrol stabs? Of course. Yes. Yeah. We featured them in Complexes magazine. One of the best shoes ever. I mean, they just had crazy limited stuff. It was the only place, right? And in what was it a retail store? Huh? Were selling them? For, it was burn This rubber. was all this. They was no. That's what I'm saying. But this was all like coming from the account. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. 
And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, Kenny was a Nike rep. And, that, mm. and, then, and, and they ended up getting, starting a store. So then, but it was like the logo was oh, okay. different. Everything was different. They just had the accounts. This was my my way into this industry, you know, and and I didn't even know that's what I was doing. I was literally I worked for the store for free because I wanted the knowledge. Mm. I just wanted to learn, right? And I'm like, yo, this I didn't know any better. I was just graduating, and I'm like, yo, this dude got a store. He has ill stuff in here. Let me see what I can learn. And then I designed like some t-shirts because I had a silk screening business. My wife and I had a silk screening business in our basement. And I had designed these shirts back in two thousand like five or six, and it just said "Got Kicks." You remember, like the Got Milk commercial, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was way back then, and it said "Got Kicks." And literally, when we bought Burn Rubber, we didn't like you. We had to go get all of the accounts. Like you would think you buy a store and you get the accounts. That's not the case. You had to convince Nike again to transfer it over now that you own the business? It was easier because it was they were already doing business at that location and people right. in the market already right. knew to find product there. However, we still had to get we had to sign our own personal guarantees. We had to um, you know, do all of that stuff to get things set up for us to even do business. Basically mm. sign your life on the line. Right? Mm. Then we, you know, we bought it, had to, had to get all that. And then the first account we had was New Balance. Okay. But we ended up getting Nike, Adidas, everybody. It was a grind to get that. But you had a good account, though. I remember the big story was in 2009. So you, Burn Rubber opens 2004. You bought it in 2007. And then 2009, at that point already, you had the Yeezys. Tell me about the Yeezy release and, and that crazy story. Is that when that happened? Yeah, the first yeah. Yeezys was 2009. What color was that? Like the tan and then the gray yeah. and then the black and, and black, the pink? Yeah. yeah, those three. Oh, those were, that was a good time. You ended up charging $1,000 for the shoes. I thought that was the second Yeezys. Tell yeah. us that story. So this is what happened. All it is, guys, was a simple lesson on supply and demand. And that's how I explained it to everyone. Okay. I said, guys, this is getting too hectic. You're pissing on the back of my stomach. Mad hectic. You're outside for multiple weeks this is insane i believe right. we dropped the first shoe for 500 and it was 250 or, or 205 okay. right 
Okay. Then but, the were, second were people one, upset about that at all, or were there any qualms with Nike for you to charge over box price? I called. I always call and ask first. Okay. So I called my rep. I said, hey, just wondering. There's a lot of people waiting outside. How much can we sell these for? Just wondering. <laughs> you didn't give a number. You said how much. <laughs> What's the ceiling? Yeah. Yeah, what am I? Look, guys, we already have to pay you for everything. So I just want to know what other stipulations you're putting on us. I don't even yeah. remember how many pairs. Okay. I don't remember. It was whatever a pack. It wasn't a lot, though. That's why I was like, yo, first of all, let me preface this with this. When you do business with a company like Nike that has so much leverage, they're going to make you buy things sometimes that are yeah. not good for your business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just to support their business right because and that's a partner but with that when these yeezys dropped i'm like oh my god we took all of the money and paid all of those old bills now don't you think don't you think we're responsible you see that but don't you think that if a company saw a partner doing that they would try to sew into them even more like we're mm-hmm, building mm-hmm. energy with you and we're doing the responsible thing. We're making sure you're paid first. Yeah. But then we yeah. also have to beg for every limited release. And you also said too, Rick, that like I remember talking to you about it and you saying that like having that release and I know you're not technically in Detroit, you're in Auburn Hills, right? Our Royal store's Oak. in Royal Oak, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's in- at eleven mile. Detroit starts at eight mile. In, but you didn't want the sort of like nonsense that like comes with sneaker releases as well, kind of like detracting from like the business and like yeah. giving a bad name to the store in the neighborhood. Right? Yeah, but there's no way we can control it. So that's why we were just like the only way we can curb all of these people being here is by raising the price. So originally when we said that high price, it was like, look, on the day of the release, we'll just drop it back down. Who cares? We'll just trying to scare people off. Yeah. And then they went and checked their bank account and got their lawn chairs. <laughs> I said, oh, y'all That's about a, to no get No problem. Yeah. And they should have never. And I was like, oh, okay, word. Bet. If, you're gonna, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And I know that these customers aren't loyal to, to Rick and Roe or Burn Rubber. Mm-hmm. You're loyal to those Yeezys. Product. And that's cool. And we'll act accordingly. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because we have to pay for this other stuff that if it was sold and if, if it was purchased already, I wouldn't. I could have made money from the Yeezys. But it's all good. So I taught them, like, look, guys, this is the price. And then all you, most of you are doing is selling them anyway. Yeah. So yeah. the, the supply, we're the supplier. I'm the one that has a personal guarantee on file, guys. So I'm going to mark it up. How about that? And that's what happened. I'm glad I'm not in that game anymore, but that's what happened because that's how I think. It's like, guys, we have to eat together. And if we all can eat this regular stuff, then I don't have to tax for for these. But they that they created the environment for that to happen. So then we just ended up charging 1100 1500 whatever it was. How crazy was the release the next year in 2010 for the New Balance 580? We were talking about that project earlier. We're jumping around a little the bit. The first one? Yeah. yeah, because I remember specifically I wanted that shoe so bad. And I think yeah. you released it on Black Friday. And I remember exactly where I was on the phone all day. I told a story like this last week. But on the phone all day, getting the busy signal again and again yeah. and again. And, and I finally burn rubber? 100%. And I finally remember somebody. I remember the exact tone of the person who picked up. He goes, burn rubber. And it may have been you. It may have been Roe. But just like that, burn <laughs> rubber. And I was, so yeah. thrilled to finally get through 
and I, I did the phone order on a pair. I put them on ice for maybe like a year and then I broke them out on campus and some Japanese dudes were looking at me like, oh, because I was living in Oregon and nobody had MT580s at the time and that was big. But, but how crazy was that in store? Was it wild? Yo, so we did, so this was my first time ever doing a release party. We, we rented out like a restaurant in Royal Oak. Like our parent, our family was there. And it was literally like we wanted to just let our friends and family get the shoes first. This was such a big deal to us. Mm -hmm. Like we're two young black guys that didn't, we don't come from money. Like we shouldn't even be here. All, like our friends are not there. So then we're like, yo, this is crazy. So we wanted to celebrate it with everybody. And then when the shoes came out, they literally, like on the release day, they sold out in less than 15 minutes. Crazy. Was, was there a big line? Was there chaos? There was a line, but it wasn't like chaotic like Yeezys or Jordans. Mm -hmm. It was like, man, this is one of us. And you know what I'm saying? It was like mm -hmm. people were happy to support that. It's not like this is just a hype release. Probably the majority of the people lining up for that shoe, like you mentioned with the Yeezys, are the opposite, where the majority of people were probably buying it so they could have the sneaker versus you weren't really having yes. a lot of like resellers who were trying to scalp yes. the shoes after. Yep. It was more it means something. And to me, whenever I design a sneaker, whenever I come up with a concept, even if we're talking about like, like even with Ninja, with Tyler and the stuff that we're doing together, mm -hmm. that time in concept is that's my contribution. You know what I'm saying? That's what means everything to me. That's what gets me passionate about working on Tyler's product. You know what I mean? I had to mm -hmm. find the connector because he's a very busy guy. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And we connect on the product for sure. There's nothing that has come out that Tyler and I have not went back and forth over. You know what I'm saying? But I still I have the job to do. I'm the designer. I'm the, the creative director for for the Adidas stuff. So everything that I do, I had to find that connector. Like if you look at Burn Rubber, when I tell those stories, I was telling stories of Detroit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The MT580 started off, it was our colors of Burn Rubber. It was inspired by colors of our shop. So it was like, this is our coming out. Like, what up world? We're here, just like Undefeated, just like mm -hmm. um, Supreme, just like concepts this is burn rubber we're here as well that's what that first shoe was and then i just we just started telling those in stories then you have like the classic leather we did that was inspired mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. spirit of detroit yeah. that's probably one of my favorite projects you know it has the gold foil on the heel with the the god and the and the family which is what the statue represents we gave the consumer or the market a piece of detroit history something that we do you know what i mean like the when we with the jersey that we put on that statue, you know, every time one of our teams goes to a finals or the playoffs or whatever, they have this humongous jersey that they put on the statue. And then we did a lace that was inspired by each one of the teams. That's one of my favorite projects that I've ever designed because of what it means. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's like what I've developed. And to me, when I do a project, even if it's colorways, like with this time in, like this is the most recent thing that I did with Ty. Mm -hmm. There's a deeper meaning to this shoe in these colors, but we're talking about time in every time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and we're yeah. we're and it's and we're talking about just greatness. Those hours that it takes for any of us. Like, look at all of you guys. Even how you're interviewing people, Joe. When I met you, you were not a TV personality. 
Nope. No <laughs> way. You were no an editor way. of, a, of yes. a blog. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And now yes. we're here. I was definitely Crazy. not what I'm doing. For sure. I wasn't shit. <laughs> I was a guy calling burn rubber being on, on the busy signal. <laughs> Rick, one thing I want to ask you, you talk about how you established burn rubber is like, this is like a concepts. This is like a Supreme when yeah. musicians or athletes would be in town. Do you have any random stories of like people being on tour and coming through the shop? What's yeah. give us some random celebrity stories of like, because it was the place in the area and yeah. basically the only place Talk about yep. some of those interactions that you could remember. So, first, you know, there's down the street from Burn Rubber, there's a um, theater called the Royal Oak Music Theater. Okay. So, when and hip hop artists come there, and then obviously, if you have any sense of style, you would go down the street. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. when they drive by, they were always like, oh, yo, what is that? And we had this big front window that was always lit up. But also, at the beginning of Burn Rubber, we had a pretty close relationship with Big Sean and like Mike Posner. Okay. Those are like our guys. Like I talked to Mike the other day. He's still very, I'm still very close with them. You know what I'm saying? And with Mike and Sean, they were still coming up, but it was organic. So they're telling their friends. So Wale, when he would do, like come out with an album or if he was doing a show in the area, he would request to do something at Burn Rubber. Mm -hmm. So to this day, I look at Wale like one of the realest ones. Because mm -hmm. he would make that request. You know what I'm saying? So I always have respect for dude because of that. You know what I mean? Because we are, like, there's a lot of people that didn't make the request. Even ones that were tight, you know, that were closer to us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think that because of Sean, there was a lot of other people that put their eyes on you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and even when he, like, Sean came to us at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He was like, yo, dog, I love your store, <laughs> dog. And um, yeah. Yeah. I would love to rock your hats in my shows. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, at this time, we're babies in this, too, just yeah. like he yeah. was. A few yeah. years. So we're like, of course. And I made, you remember, Get You Some, the Get You Some video? Mm -hmm. I made that varsity jacket. That He's in the bait store with my varsity coat on. Wow. Wow. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? I made the same kind of jacket for Mike Posner back then for his his first tour. I did like uh, varsity sweaters and we did like varsity jackets. And I think I did some New Balance, like some custom 574s for Mike for his tour. It's funny because people like, not that they forget about Big Sean's influence, but early on in streetwear, I remember having a conversation mm -hmm. with Verbal from Ambush and he said that like Big Sean basically helped their their brand blow up as well when he started wearing the pow chain. The pow chain. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Sean definitely was an influence on this culture in a very heavy way. And he definitely helped Burn Rubber get to where Burn Rubber is. And, you know, that's something you can never take away. How did you end up connecting with Eminem? Didn't you guys do like a reality show with him for a minute? Mm hmm How did that happen? One of my best friends is Jeremy Deputat. He's yeah. been Eminem's photographer for like most of the time I've ever known him. You know what I mean? Like one of the first events that we did with Burn Rubber was with him. It was like this sneaker party with, and like Sneaker Freaker was involved with it in, in like 07. So there's a network called Loud. It was like a YouTube series. Gotcha. You remember Ben Baller's show? Like 
Where he, had, where he was making the chains and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so we were on the same network at the same time. I got a story about that, too. We were actually supposed to, like, they filmed part of a, a scene when we were at Agenda for Ben Baller's show, but I never signed the release because he was disrespectful. <laughs> And I don't want, and I basically protected like everybody. I was like, look, man, you're being disrespectful about my city, and there's real ones that don't play with that. So I'm not signing. He said, fuck the 313. Listen, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know what he was saying, but listen, we can have a talk. We can have a real talk in real life about it if we want. But that was a thing where I just didn't sign it. So our show was on the same thing. Paul came to JD and was like, y'all want to... Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, I consider Paul like a mentor. Mm. Like, I look at him, like, sometimes when I have real questions about the game, I'll hit him up. Like, yo, Paul, this is what happened. What do you think? Because you know he's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what ends up happening, that came because of this show. You know, we just got a chance to know each other. And literally, the first time we ever met Eminem, you guys saw it. It was on that show. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So we met him then, and then we were in the Rap Guy video. And it was really just an opportunity, like a creative way for us to tell our story and show some of what really goes on. So obviously it was a reality show, so some of the stuff was basically react, reenacted. Mm-hmm. But it's real That's stuff cool. that happens. You can pull up and burn rubber if you want to with some fake shoes. Like, getting, we, <laughs> like I remember watching that, I'm like... This is definitely all set up of him yeah, just you had to do that. miraculously walking into the store and you giving Paul Rosenberg a call like, do you happen to have this Eminem Jordan? I don't know yeah, where I can base. find it. Showbiz, yeah. baby. He's the only one that'll have it. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, showbiz. <laughs> but almost three years ago from today, the Eminem episode of Sneaker Shopping went up live. I think it, it went yeah. up um, December 18th, 2017. And you were on set for that. I was there behind the, behind the scenes, I think. Yeah, yep. you were on. Yeah. So that was another instance where a grail get for the show and to this day one of the largest viewed episode yeah. of uh, Sneaker Shopping. I know. I feel like we were trying to get that for a long time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And it happened. I remember there was a snowstorm and I remember <laughs> you were there. Yeah. You were like behind the scenes. Paul Rosenberg was there, but that yeah. was a great experience. Yeah. It was good times. Em is a cool dude. Like when you meet him in real life, you're like, this guy is so nice and funny. Yes. It just was like. Because I was a fan, you know, growing up. So I'm like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. It was super, super, super cool. I remember meeting Paul Rosenberg at just a chance encounter in the complex office. I think he had come to talk to Noah Callahan Bever, Mm -hmm. who he's former editor-in-chief. He was close friends with. And I I didn't realize how tall, how big he is. He was a rapper. Paul Paul Bunyan. He was a rapper. Yeah, that was his name. This is at the old office, and he was just, like, walking down the hallway. And he just stops and is like... Where's the elevator? Yeah. And I've never heard someone ask that question in like a, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like Yo. I totally forgot like where the elevator was <laughs> yeah. in the office. <laughs> One day we were on a phone call. Like you, do you remember when I did that Beats by Dre pill? Yeah. With Shady Records? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yo, mm-hmm. we were on the phone talking about that. Just to hear you're like, you know, he just, he's always sounds calm. Yeah. It was like a calm sounding, but it was very, you know, it's very serious. Yes. I was like, I'm going to just chill right here and let Paul do all this talking because it's clearly (laughs) heavy as a head. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to just relax. So that's how that came into play as well, the the Beast by Dre Pill. Did you get the Eminem Jordans from him too? Yeah. Carhartt ones? Yeah. 
Nice. I didn't get mine. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't get yours, then they're not yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nice. I didn't get mine. mine I didn't get yours either, lost so. in the mail. Rick, what was it like when StockX came in the area? Like when they came in, we had conversations. I helped, I hosted one of the one of the um, episodes like of mm-hmm. StockX TV. From my understanding, this is something that Dan Gilbert was, you know, like the concept is something that he kind of, you know, already kind of had. But then when Josh, I guess when Josh did his mm-hmm. TED talk, you know, and yeah. he had that concept, you know, it, it made sense. But I get, I will be one hundred percent honest. When I first saw that, I was like. Guys, you have Rick and Roe right here. Why wouldn't you use us as consultants? You know, and right. you're and I would see people being flown in and mm-hmm. and a lot of things like that going. To, I've never been to a Cavs game sitting in on the floor, mm-hmm. guys. Right. But my friends and my peers had. When you're in the city, people look past you, and I've been dealing with that for a while. You know what I mean? So it's like with StockX, I think it's a great thing. I feel like it's dope because. Now we're able to build entrepreneurs. You know, there's a way now. You know, I have a lot of young friends that make their living off of flipping shoes. Mm-hmm. So I think websites like StockX and Goat, I think those are dope. You know what I mean? All of us have been doing it on eBay. Yeah. It's just now you actually have someone who cares enough to, to try to authenticate something. And I know all of those websites have their issues. Mm-hmm. But I think the concept... And the overall idea is a great thing. It's interesting to hear you say that too. And I'm not trying to, you know, stir anything up, but just because it seems yeah. like part of what StockX has, has positioned itself as is a company that's there to help Detroit or there to really mm-hmm. help revitalize maybe the area in terms of industry and, and having a, a cool young business where people can go work at something interesting like sneakers. I think that is a good thing. I have a lot of my customers work there now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And what is your other alternative? That's another good thing. You know what I'm saying? But I think overall, I feel like that's one of the pillars for Dan Gilbert and what he's doing in downtown Detroit. You know, I mean, that at least from a community member's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's being pushed. That's the narrative that you hear. I'm not a part of the company. From my perspective, I think those are some good things. People can get jobs working in an industry that they may be passionate about. But I would have to get in deeper to to really have a a real opinion of anything deeper on the, you know what I'm saying? From the outside looking in, I don't really sell shoes on there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Once in a while, it helps me buy things so I don't have to go look because I'm 40 years old now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not all about the hunt. So, and I'm not sitting outside. If I got to wait outside, you have nothing to worry about. There's it's not a pair of shoes. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah. And there's all type of other, you know, things you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Being robbed, being, you know, anything. You know, I'm straight. I'm not about to stand out there and, and wait. If, if they're still there after they come out, I'll grab them. If not, it wasn't meant for me to have you touched on this before, the time-in partnership yeah. with Ninja. How did it come about that they handpicked you to consult and design? Like, you know, when we were on set for Sneaker Shopping, Niles, who is Ninja's, yeah. like, the main guy, I think, behind Ninja's branding, I would say. Is it- well, so what it was at the time, he Niles is a part of Loaded. And Loaded 
was Ninja's representation at the inception of this deal. Niles is a, is a good friend of mine, a personal friend of mine. So Niles already knows my pedigree. He knows the work. So he was like, yo, I got somebody who can really take us mm -hmm. into these companies and can, can navigate this. So Niles was like, Rick, I need you to do me a favor. And he was like, put together, you know, something to give to Ninja so we can. And then basically, this was like two or three years ago. Like, I don't even, like, this was, you know, we jumped on a call. And it was like, you know, I explained to him who I was. I sent, and then I just basically from that call got his blessing and his uh, wife's blessing to move forward to to represent him as far as this sneaker project. And I went to all of the companies. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, but some people took me serious and some people didn't. Like, and there's I have stories about that that I'm not gonna share. Was there a bidding war? I don't know, because at, at a certain point, like, people weren't taking me serious. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, mm -hmm. they're like, this is just Rick from Burn Rubber or whatever. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just took a long time. And these are brands that you've worked with for years at this yeah. point, too. Again, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble or say any names, yeah. but it's like, you've been doing business with these people for years. And then you go out there with a pitch of like, look, I'm doing the work for Ninja, one of the biggest, if not the biggest streamers in the world, a pop culture guy. What's up? And they told you no. It's not that they told me no. It's just everybody was kind of dragging their feet. Mm -hmm. And then a big agency got involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, I, you know, so it's just, but now like I'm at the point where now people, I'm actually representing people. And now because of the stuff I did with Ty, yep. you know, when I come to the companies, hopefully they understand that Rick's not playing, mm -hmm. you know? And what's it like, you know, you said the first New Balance inspired by a tribe called Quest. What's it like to see the progression? We just talked about the progression of the space, and now you're basically the first gaming collaboration, that convergence culture. What's it like to see that journey from the tribe called Quest inspiration? Now you're dealing with and designing and, and working with the biggest streamer. That tribe called Questing was a t-shirt yeah. for the okay. shoes they did. Yeah. But same concept is, is storytelling. And I think with Tyler, that was me trying to like the storytelling thing. Tyler is Ninja, right? Because I'm not on a first name basis yeah. with this guy. Yes. Gotcha. I'm sorry. So with Ninja, it was like, like at the beginning, it was kind of hectic. I'm moving around doing all of these things. And it's like, yo, what is the story? What is the story? Yeah. Obviously, it can't be Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? Because... It's Ninja. We're talking about Ninja. And yeah. um, I'm like, well, what do we have? How can I, like, I need something to chew on, something that I can continue to grow with, even if he, in some, if for some reason, he's not accessible for me. Okay. So I was like, yo, I, I talked to Niles, and Niles spent a lot of time with him. So I'm like, yo, bro, can you tell me, when you think, when you deal with Ninja, what stands out to you? You know, why? What is it? And he was like, bro. This guy literally streams for eight to 12 hours a day. He's literally, as they say, Crazy. he literally put the time in. I was like, that's it. Time in. That's what I have as a designer. That's what I have as a person in this culture. That's why I'm able to do these projects. So now that's our connection. That's what brings us together so I can design these products. It's universal, right? Just like I told you guys, when it comes to interviewing, to podcasts, to hosting, you guys have time in. So you're comfortable mm -hmm. doing what you're doing right now. I'm comfortable designing. I know that 
when I come up with this concept, if you give me the reins, I'm going to take it to the finish line because I've done it time and time again. So now I'm able to do it with resources. And it's a little different here because I don't do everything because I'm Tyler's like designer. So I handle the product. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have agencies for some of the other things. Rick, speaking of time in, you're actually the fifth person from Detroit that uh, me and Brendan have interviewed over the past, what, year and Mm -hmm. a half? For real? We had Chuck English on full-size run. We had Spice Adams on full-size run. We had Jalen Rose on full-size run. We had yourself on the podcast. Do you have any wild Danny Brown sneaker stories? I don't have any wild stories. Danny's like, let me see. He's amazing. What a great Danny, episode I love of Danny. SR. I love Danny. I just yeah. think that Danny's such a creative, like, artist. Like, his style is his, and he's done wild things that are, like, culturally, you're like, you're a legend. Yeah. Like, he's done legendary <laughs> things where you're like, yo, I can't even believe it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think um, that's one another person I want to do a um, project with just because I'm – his whole squad, the Bruisers, are like my homies. Yeah, like, Bruiser Brigade, fat, right? You know Dopehead? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Dopehead. I know Fat Fat Ray is like a brother. Like, I've known Fat Ray since I was in college mm. when he was just freestyling, one of the best rappers I've ever met. And then, and then like, Zaloopers, he's always yeah. been a young, young homie, yeah. always around. Their engineer, Jay West, went to high school with my wife. Love that. Rick, you know, we're wrapping up here. What can we look for in the upcoming months? 2021 is right around the corner. This is going to drop on Christmas Day. What are you most excited about? Give us a little sneak peek of what's to come. I'm planning something big to follow up with the first Inspire campaign. And I've been working on it. Like, this is probably the most meaningful project that I've ever put out. If you go to my Instagram, it's the last post. That product is coming out in June. And then we oh, have a lot, yeah, yeah, we have a lot planned. I did a Juneteenth t-shirt release this year. And, you know, hopefully this will be, you know, depending on what happens. I'm waiting to see, you know, if if everything is cool with, with Puma's schedule, if they allow it. Either way, I'm going to be doing something on Juneteenth day. But hopefully this project will be coming out on that day as well. But that, but what we're, the, the campaign for it, is there's an album involved? There's videos involved. There's the Jay Z album, uh, a Rick, a Rick, a Jeezy album, Rick Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, but it, I, I'm really excited about this. I'm incorporating a lot of my um, the young talented creatives from around the city. You know me, like even with the last one, my wife and I included all of the different leaders and business people from the city. I want to tell meaningful stories. I want to to, to give people things that are going to help them become mm-hmm. stronger. You see the, the practice gratitude a lot. That's like a way of life for me. I wake up every morning and I spend hours just being thankful for the ability to get up. You know what I'm saying? The ability to move and, and design sneakers and tell these stories on this footwear. You know, within the last... Five or six years, both of my um, wife's brothers were murdered. You know what I'm saying? We've been through a lot of things, and I've been doing building businesses through a lot of of adversity. You know what I mean? 
And it's stuff that people have no idea about. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to go through that and still be here and still rocking and mm-hmm. telling these stories, you know, I just can't do anything but wake up every day and, and, and thank the most high for, for the life that he's he's allowed my family and I to be able to have. Awesome, man. Well, always great to chop it up with you. So yeah, happy man, we did I it on, on Yeah, so happy we did it on Christmas week. And again, thank you so much for your time and hope to see you soon, man, once we're all out of this. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for thinking of me, man. And yes. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Rick. We're thankful yeah. to hear the stories, Thanks, man. Rick. Everything from yeah. 580s to Marv One and Burn Rubber shirts, man, everything. Yep. Yo, it's crazy. We have more. We'll we'll chop it up. I can't Definitely. wait. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.